Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, this, this isn't Tom Brown. Um, in fact, we're not really even sure who's hosting the program today, when he's going to get here. Oh, no. This is Gary Kinneman, and I sit in for Tom about once a month on Mondays. Uh, he has nowhere to be found. He needs lots of help because he does so many other things here at the radio station. Anyway, again, my name is Gary Kinneman, and I've been a pastor here in the Valley since forever. I was a senior pastor at Word of Grace Church in Mesa, which is now City of Grace. It's one of the campuses of City of Grace. Terry Christ is there now and doing a wonderful job. And, you know, today is a special day. Some of you may not have, uh, you may not be at work today because it is a national holiday. It's a state holiday. It's Martin Luther King Day. And uh, I I kind of miss, I'm not actually pastoring right now. I'm not leading a church. I kind of miss this weekend because at our church in Mesa, we always made a big deal about Martin Luther King weekend. Um, I'm going to kind of put myself, I'm going to put my neck out there by saying, sometimes it surprises me how many suburban churches don't even mention it. But we, we really wanted to talk about it, and we had African-American speakers uh, other times as well, but always on Martin Luther King weekend. And I told them, please tell your story. Don't hold back. Uh, because we just don't always really understand. Sometimes it is blatant racism that divides us. Other times it's, it's just simply we don't know each other. Um, and I made a real effort to get to know my African-American colleagues and friends, and I've spent time with them, asking them lots of questions, and one of my privileges has, in life has been to, to speak at a number of African-American churches here in the Phoenix area. I wish we could talk just about that, but uh, we're going to—well, we are. My guests are nodding yes. We want to talk about that, <laughs> and my guests— First of all, I just raced in here, and uh, we, we just know each other really well. And, and I've, I've had some eyebrow raising here, but I've got some really special guests who have just uh, led a fantastic conference on what God is saying uh, in this season of the year, of this season of life. It's Hal and Cheryl Sachs with Bridge Builders, and we're going to be talking to them in this hour. You be sure to come back. This is Gary Kinneman sitting in for Tom Brown, and I have in the studio today with me Hal and Charles Sachs, 
who are, I think, some of the most uh, significant spiritual leaders in Phoenix. Over many, many years, they were part of my church, and we've been friends for decades and served, have served together in ministry. They are part of our church, and they have a ministry called Bridge Builders. They've been on the radio here a number of times because they're always sort of at, on, on the cutting edge and in the thick of the fight, if I can throw a couple metaphors together. And I, I introduced the show today by reminding everybody that it's Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, I've been in Arizona for a long time, and uh, I've watched uh, the, the, the changes through the years. I was here when we had the, the big controversy about whether or not the state should have a Martin Luther King holiday. And one governor issued an executive order, and the next governor rescinded it the first day he was in office. And Anyway, I I have really felt a solidarity with the African-American community in so many things. And uh, sometimes we we leap to conclusions uh, that may be perceived as racist. They may be racist, but a lot of times it's just because we don't spend any time together. We really don't learn about each other. Hal and Cheryl Sachs are here, and I said, well, we're going to talk about their conference. They just had a – they have their annual uh, conference – kind of what is God saying about this new year. Uh, but uh, they were both raising their eyebrows. No, we kind of, we, we wouldn't mind talking about, in fact, we'd like to talk about ML King. And uh, they have a prayer meeting every every Monday at noon. It's um, it's kind of in a dungeon. Well, <laughs> it's in the basement. A basement, <laughs> yeah. a basement, Gary. Yeah. See, they are here. Yeah, I'm not here. making it up. In the, in the basement. Yeah, it's sort of like the underground church. And it is an underground church. And we pray. Literally. Yeah, and we pray <laughs> for things that need to get changed in Arizona <laughs> and in the world. And there's uh, it's in the it's in the, a lower level of a parking garage beneath a, a bank building, really, a, a smaller bank, bank building, a 20 what is it? Seventh uh, Street. Seventh Street and McDowell. And McDowell, yeah. And uh, every every Monday at noon. Yeah. From, we spend an hour from from noon to one every praying for the city, for, praying for the state. Talk about a little bit more. Well, our meeting today, we had a lot of people because a lot of people were off work, and we were going to pray for our conference. But of course, we wanted to pray for Martin Luther King Day, and it's one of my favorite things to pray about. Um, as I, when I was growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Which is only, you still have a little twang there, I, Chara. I do. I've worked to get rid of it, but it's still there. <laughs> and so I grew up in Little Rock, and I was actually a, a child, but I can remember, uh, I can even remember the day that the march in Memphis and Martin Luther King mm. was killed. Um, there was so much going on during that time. I can remember... Uh, little, downtown Little Rock was burning down. There were race riots. Every time my parents would turn on the news, there was so much turmoil yes. living through that time in history. In the South. In the South. Yeah, I remember it too, but from a distant Arizona. And so I remember that. And it was there was this cloud of grief that just covered our area. It was sort of like what happened um, when um, President Kennedy was shot. Yes. And you just felt this cloud of grief. And I had always, as I grew up, I always admired Martin Luther King. He was one of my heroes because he... um, As a white girl in the South. Yes. And first of all, I want to say that the things I saw in the South, as a little girl, 
I just thought, there's something wrong with this picture. Yeah. There's something wrong that there's two water fountains in the department stores at the elevators. There's something wrong that the signs are in the restaurants. Even as a little girl, I just felt like I was going to weep over this, yeah. Gary, just to say. And so then I remember the day that Martin Luther King was shot. I remember watching him. I remember his I Have a Dream speech. I remember all of that, wow. and I was really drawn to it. Wow. And so um, he's always been one of my heroes, and um, as well as Rosa Parks. And uh, so we were saying in the prayer meeting today, you know, this is really not only about Martin Luther King and what he did, but all the people he inspired along the way, like we hear about Martin Luther King, but what about all of the ordinary people that did extraordinary things during this movement that he inspired yeah. leading this movement? And so Rosa Parks was another one uh, person that I totally admired. And one of the things we prayed about today is like, Lord, raise up these world changers, these reformers for today, marrying righteousness and justice together. So it's done right. Uh, Martin Luther King always said this is going to be a peaceful movement. And so it's done right, marrying justice and righteousness, and and that we're really beginning to pray about things that change the culture and that God would raise up courageous men and women, and we even prayed about the younger generation coming up, and they would be courageous to become changers, change agents, like Martha, Martin Luther King was. Um, and people just rallied to pray about this. It was very, very powerful. Wonderful. We had, had young people with us, and they came up and prayed that their generation would move into this. And so that's what's really been on our heart, really, um, just on Martin Luther King Day, but praying about Reformation. Mm-hmm. And he was the greatest, one of the greatest reformers of all time. Um. My, I, I was raised in a, an entirely white neighborhood here in Arizona, uh, where currently the population, African American population, I think is only about one or two percent. Of course, mostly we have we have a very high level, high number of uh, Latinos here. They were here before we ever got here, uh, when this was part of Mexico at one time. Uh, and I, I just remember living in a very sheltered world, and then I began to experience friendship um, and uh, an influence from African-American leaders. We had John Perkins, who was on the front cover of mm-hmm. Christianity Today. He's from... We know John. Ja- yeah. yeah, you guys know him too, from J- uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, a real advocate for uh, for the poor, uh, for uh, a, a man who has invested his life and uh, has rallied numbers of other people to invest in, uh, in uh, neighborhoods, that uh, dead-end neighborhoods. Uh, Kit Danley here, of course, close friend. She has a ministry mm-hmm. called Neighborhood Ministries and is part of what's called a Christ- Christian mm-hmm. uh, c- Community Development uh, Association. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's really it can, it can be such a tough th- tough thing, and it's uh, it's so easy for there to be misunderstanding and, and pain as a result of it. Cheryl, I think in the history of what happened during that era, maybe a lot of people have forgotten or the younger listening audience might not know about this. But I attended Little Rock Central High School, which was the first high school in the nation to be integrated. Wow. And I was not there at the time it happened. It was a few years later that that I was there. But it was going to be my high school, and, and I knew that. And I remember when they had 
picked the brightest, smartest, best young black leaders from Dunbar, the black school, to come over to Central High School, and they were the chosen students to come. And on that day that they came into school, the National Guard, our our governor had called out the National Guard to stop this from happening. And you can look at these videos of old, uh, the kids, these young, precious, you know, teenagers, they're marching in to the school. People are lined up down the sidewalk yelling terrible like things running at them. the gauntlet. Yeah, and, and the, the cameras are there, and the governor of the state is standing there, and he is saying, in the name of God... In the name of justice, do not let this happen. In the name of God. Can you believe? In the name of God. Now, these young people came into the school. They were the brightest of the bright. They sit with the principal, and he says, Now, you can come to school here, but you may not play football. You may not be on the yearbook staff. You may not be in the choir. You may, and he went through all the things you may not be in any, you can, you cannot really participate here. It was the most heartbreaking thing in the world. And to keep this from happening, the governor, people may not know this, actually shut down the high school for a year so that it would not be integrated. And if you read his black history, it's called the lost years. Because there were students that dropped out of high school, either went in the military, Mm. some never went back to school again, some parents sent their kids into other states to live with relatives, but it's called the lost Mm. years. It is, uh, we should not forget what happened in the past so that we can understand where we need to go today. Yeah, and why there are are misunderstandings. And why there are misunderstandings. Uh, right here in Arizona, and I, I didn't know this, I remember as a kid, once or twice, we drove all the way over to Tempe. Uh, Tempe had a big public pool where the where the uh, Town Lake Park is located now. And uh, a, a gentleman in my church, uh, uh, he, he uh, is a Latino, uh, Phil Austin. He's a civil rights attorney. He's my age. He grew up at the same kind of the t- same uh, era. I went to Berkeley. He was a radical. He ended up actually giving his heart to to the Lord at our church and ended up serving on our board. But he told me that uh, in in the 50s, um, only whites were allowed to swim in that pool on the weekend, and blacks and Mexicans could swim, uh, Hispanics could swim on Friday, and then they cleaned the pool, and then the whites... I mean that's right right here in, in Arizona. Yeah. And I had I had a woman, an elderly woman in, in our church there in Mesa... And they just love the church. We had a number of African Americans attending, and I we I talk about these issues, and and I can't remember what brought about the comment, but they always said hello to me in the lobby. They came on Saturday nights, and uh, she she told me she said, my grandmother was a slave, my wow. grandmother. Wow. <laughs> I mean that's how close it is, you know, to, to so many people, and the stories are told. There's this oral history. And uh, and and the things that happened in the South, of course, uh, with the, you know, with the, the segregation, uh, it's it's hard hard to forget those things. And um, you know, I I've I have had other conversations, but I, I want to ask you, Al, would you like to say something about this? I think it's going to happen when we come back because the music is telling me we're going to take a break. 
Uh, time goes by so quickly, but stay with us. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. And uh, Hal and Charles are going to tell us about some of the things that, that were said, uh, even prophesied at this event over the weekend. And uh, we'll be right back. is Koinonia with Tom Brown, your host Tom, your host Tom Brown, but this is Gary Kinneman sitting in for Tom. Been a pastor here in the valley for uh decades. And uh, it's just a privilege to spend a little time with you, our listeners, and I have in the studio today two very dear friends who have uh just been in, in our top 10 through the years and they have been very uh encouraging, supportive. We've served together Hal and Cheryl Sachs with Bridge Builders. And we were talking before the break uh, about uh, Martin Luther King holiday weekend and um, th- the fact that uh, revival and prayer are not just about uh, a deep awakening for God's people. It's really about a kingdom. It has a kingdom purpose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Talk about that, Hal. Or, cor- or correct me. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. I wouldn't <laughs> dare do that. Oh, yes, in private. Our dear pastor, no. Yes. Oh, never, yes. Never, never. We've had, we've had some interesting conversations, well, good for was, both of us. I was just, um, you know, out of our prayer meeting, something very interesting happened. And your uh, prayer meeting, tell our listeners again. you got a well, prayer meeting. every Monday over four years now, we've been meeting for prayer for one hour between 12 and 1. And uh, we've been meeting in the recently in the last... Two beers. Two years now, uh, in what is called the basement, which was uh, a gift from the uh, the owners of the uh, office building that they've uh, graciously allowed us to meet at, and um, we. It, it was a health, a little bit of a, a small health club for the people. Health club when when Circle K owned the building yeah. many many years ago, and it was then it just uh, for the longest time it just was an empty uh, little shell that was used storage. to uh, storage. Exactly. So that got cleaned out and they gave it to us and we cleaned it up and uh, fixed some, it up. I've, you know, I've been yeah, there. Yeah. And um, it's, it's become a, a real blessing. It's in catacombs, the, praying in the catacombs. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. Cause there's a room off the parking garage. You drive down a couple it levels is, and there's is. that room. Exactly. It's and, exactly uh, right. It, and it's right there on that corner of uh, McDowell and seventh street. Yeah. So, uh, in the course of our time of prayer today, uh, and we are praying over Martin Luther King Day, and uh, really, Cheryl was sharing what she shared earlier, I, my heart just really was crying out for healing, because, you know, we, we've watched the news, and we've seen how there's such a, a rise again in, in the need for healing between uh, the races and the cultures, and mm-hmm. 
I mean, not just the black community and the Anglo community, but the Hispanic community. And there's a lot going on in our in our nation that needs healing. And so we were praying, and and the Joel two twenty twenty four came up uh, that that God would just bring clear justice. And justice would run like like water, and righteousness uh, like a mighty and ever flowing stream. And it was interesting to me; um, it wasn't that long ago that righteousness is simply mean like right, like the Father. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like mini me, you know. It's 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 <laughs> like yeah, exactly. It's it's when we become a a a copy of Christ well, in we, this earth. We get. His we DNA. model it. We, when we get his DNA when yeah. we're born again. Exactly. And, we get and a new the, nature. And the, we get that new nature and we're to grow in it through through the transformation of God's word by a spirit. And then that is not enough. But to then walk in the same heart of God concerning what is right and what is wrong. And, and he, this is the marriage we need to find in the church today. And we need to demonstrate to a, to a lost and dying world is this walking not like just like Christ, but walking like Christ being just and, and choosing what is right and wrong and declaring what is right and wrong and, and being reformers to what is right and wrong. Yeah. Well, you, you would know how, um, as a, you, you have a Jewish background, um, and that you, you never really lose your Jewish background if you're Jewish, right? Doesn't that work that way? You're still Jewish, right? Yeah, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, but there is. <laughs> but uh, you, would, you would know that uh, the Hebrew term for, for righteousness really carries with it the kind of the rightness, you know, that everything, uh, every, righteousness really carries with it the idea of justice or rightness. And uh, it's not just about personal holiness or personal righteousness you need things made right in your life mm-hmm. but it's it's about uh being uh operating a, a in city. what is right yeah city on a hill right um doing what is right and doing what is right and 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 being an instrument of rightness in the world around you right and uh, there's been so much talk about uh john 17 about how jesus prays for us to be one and and it tells us in Ephesians that in, through his work on the cross, he made the two one. Mm-hmm. And those two being Jews and Gentiles, but the, the two can apply to men and women, black black or white. And I dare I say this, Catholics and Protestants, you know, it's where, where, where God, uh, where, where Jesus is real and where we are his children, you know, just like I want my kids to get along with each other. Mm-hmm. And there's few things more heartbreaking for a parent than when their kids aren't getting along. It's heartbreaking and, for God. And it's heartbreaking for God. When we're not getting along. When we're not getting along. Well, you know, as Cheryl was sharing the story, and I've, I've felt this for years, growing up as a Jew in Southern California, I experienced persecution. I experienced rejection. And I experienced <laughs> kids who found out I was Jewish. Uh, I would be ostracized. I'd be left out. I'd be... Uh, they would just come and beat me up because I was what was considered a Jew killer or something of that Christ nature. killer. Christ killer. Yeah. Uh, Christ killer. And, you know, I mean, I have a heart for what I see going on in America yeah. that's not right. We never really talk so much about that, but that's got to be such, a, you know, that that's, has to be such a formative kind of experience 
for you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Jewish community has also experienced that uh, exclusion. We need for the church to rise up and be a reforming body, a people who stand for what is both right and what is good, Mm -hmm. according to God's word. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's a justice movement and a lot of justice movements that have uh, attempted to rise up in our nation and and elsewhere. But apart from God, it it will not work. Apart from God's baseline, justice will not work. Yeah. Well, talk about your uh, conference uh, and the, the name of the conference. That you, you've held it now for years. It's sort of been an outgrowth. 14 years. 14. This was the yeah. 14th Start the Year Off Bright. Yeah. Oh um, and it started, started at your at, at yeah, Word, of Grace. At Word, of Word of Grace with you. In and 2003. It. And it, it kind of was an outgrowth, a bit of an outgrowth of uh, Perquake. Yes. And it started in 2003 at Word of Grace. And then it continued there at City of Grace for eight years. And then we went to Tucson for five years. And we were back this year for 14. Coming full circle. And there were, and there were how many people that, that Friday came? Friday night, 2,000 people. 2,000 people. We were completely people. packed out. And uh, Friday night, Dutch Sheets spoke. And Dutch is a really interesting guy because he's written all the books on intercessory prayer. Um, but he also was a pastor for a number of years, and he's very apostolic. So he gives very deep truths, but in a way that's like this is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, intercessors are not just this elite group. Even baby Christians can really change the world with their prayers. And he talked about that actually Friday night. He said, you can give me a group of baby Christians with childlike faith, and we we can pray some really powerful prayers that are going to change things. And uh, so we loved it because our whole tagline, mission statement at Bridge Builders, is changing spiritual climate, transforming culture, but through the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, as he talked about what he was hearing from God for 2016, he's, his number one point, which he spent the entire Friday night speaking on, was that the prayer movement is going to come to a new level. And what he meant and what he talked about, using the scripture Isaiah 22:22, talking about the government being up on the shoulders, um, mm-hmm. that... The government... Shall be upon shall his be up on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jesus, but we have this um, we have this promise in the New Testament tells us that we have power over all the power of the enemy. That He has given us spiritual authority to pray in the name of Jesus and to pray as you said, Kingdom of God come, will of God be done on earth as mm-hmm. it is in heaven. And He told many stories of. He, he told a story about being in San Antonio, and the Lord spoke to he and Chuck Pierce when they were ministering and said, if you will pray right now, Saddam Hussein will be captured within the week. And Chuck had the mic in his hand, and he said the Lord had told him on the front row, go up, I have a word for you to deliver, but don't think about it before you say it. Just open your mouth. Well, the minute he said it, it's like... Oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that. And he handed the mic to Dutch. He goes, Dutch, do something. He goes, hey, you're the one that gave the word. And 
So he said, well, the Lord said if we would pray. And Dutch said, you know, I didn't feel any faith for this. He said, I just felt like, man, we're going to get stoned here. And so he gathered. A lot of pastors came on the platform, and they prayed, and they just asked God, you know. Uh, they said they broke witchcraft off and said anything that's hiding Saddam Hussein, he's got to come to light. Then they brought up a guy in the military, and they stood around him. They said, Lord, uh, just anoint and inspire and equip our military to find him. Well, three days later, Dutch said, Chuck called him on the phone and said, get up and turn on the news. They're not going to stone us, Dutch. And he said, "Um, what do you mean, us? You're the one that did this. They had pulled Saddam Hussein Mm. out of the hole, and guess what unit pulled him out? Mm. Military unit. The unit. The military unit, mm-hmm. the unit of the man that they laid hands on and prayed that God, when oh they prayed goodness. for the military, yes. pulled him out of the hole. <laughs> yeah. That's linking the prophetic Incredible. with prayer. It's God. With changing society. You guys have so many uh, Book of Acts-like stories to tell, and we're going we're gonna to ask you to tell a few more of them after this break. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Koinonia, and your regular host, Tom Brown, is not with us today. This is Gary Kinneman sitting in for Tom. And I have in the studio with me today two dear friends and colleagues and colleagues and partners in ministry for so many years, Hal and Cheryl Sachs. And they uh, have been stellar prayer leaders in our valley. Um, we have a mutual friend, Mac Peer, and we had Mac come. I don't know if you heard, we had Mac come. He was here last week, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a couple of meetings. We had 20 city leaders meet with Mac. We're talking about doing some kind of a movement day here. Mm-hmm. And Mac said that he said he, he looks at Phoenix as one of the top three, four, or five cities in the country where significant movements have taken place. And he, he knows the city landscape. He's, he's been in like five or six global cities and, uh, you know, with our pastor's network uh, really at the center of things. And, and I, you know, I've said this, and we had you come with us with the Phoenix delegation a few years ago to, to New York City to talk about what God's doing in Phoenix. We have, there are movement, there's a movement of movements, and uh, it really has a deep root, a tap root in, in what you guys have done. And first of all, bringing pastors together, bringing Christian leaders together, letting us become friends, building levels of trust, doing things together, but also then this whole prayer movement. Uh, you, you were bring, I mean, you both kind of overlapped, but you brought the pastors together, and Cheryl was kind of focusing right. on prayer, but now you've, you've merged in, in this effort. And, uh, and we talked about, at, at those meetings, we talked about how important this whole prayer effort needs to be as, as we continue to expect God to do things in our city. 
that cannot be done any other way. It's interesting to kind of see the progression when we came here, and we didn't really have a plan, but the Lord called Hal to start bringing pastors together, but the main way he brought them together was in prayer. Was in prayer. Yeah. So the pastor's prayer summits, Yes. so many pastor's prayer summits, and uh, pastors praying together, and then they begin to say, well, you know, we like praying together, but we can't really get our churches to pray, and so we... That's when we started Prayer Quake at, at the church, mm-hmm. Word of Grace. Well, there was other places before that, but... No, it was always... Oh, well, you, oh, well, it's true. It was... To, had, it was. It started at... Um, First Institutional. First Institutional. And, and then uh, Cathedral and then, of the Valley. And then it was one year at uh, Valley Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Or Valley Cathedral. Huh? And, then, and then the third year, we went to Word okay. of Grace, where it stayed yeah. uh, for the rest of the 10 years yeah. that we did that. But so it moved to local church prayer. Mm-hmm. Let's train people how to pray. And the pastors were saying, I want people to go to the citywide meetings and pray for the city, but hey, we need them to pray for our churches and for us. Mm-hmm. So we started this whole thing. I wrote a book, The Prayer Saturated yes. Church. That's a, that's a really wonderful book, which is still selling fairly well. It's still selling well. You were very much a part of that. Yes. The formation and of that book. That's right. Well, I don't know. I mean, we. You were. Well, you, you were. Cheryl worked at we our We practiced church. on we the practiced church. We practiced at Word of Grace. Yeah. Practiced on Word of Grace. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I know you mentioned in the book, uh, you know, how important it is for leaders to have a, a pit crew. That was something yes. I came up with. A pit crew. That's personal right. intercessory team. And, you know, you reminded me of how important that was after I left Word of Grace and got involved in other other kind of pastor-at-large ministry. And and I saw, I, I said, okay, God, you're reminding me. And we have we have a group now. Uh, and four Pray. couples who are praying for us very so consistently. And I know that. Yeah. And yeah. so that was so important. So the prayer movement went to local church praying for pastors. And in the beginning, it was praying, the pastors praying together and praying for unity among the pastors. Mm-hmm. But now the Lord has moved the prayer movement that, okay, churches are praying. Now let's pray outside the walls of the church and let's take all these trained people who've prayed in the church to pray. Well, where are they during the week? They're out in society. So same thing. Salt and light. Yeah. It's right there in the Bible. You pray in your business. You pray in the government buildings. And Hal has greatly been used by God in many of these arenas, including law enforcement. We've done 24 hours of prayer inside the Phoenix PD, written a prayer guide for, for them. Years. Yeah, tell a little about that, Hal. Well, the, there's a young group of, um, of employees for Christ in Phoenix, or Phoenix Employees for Christ. I'm not saying it quite correctly, the title of their group, but they, uh, they've really had a heart to start praying for City Hall, and then they had a heart inside City Hall for city government, and then they had a heart for uh, Phoenix PD. So we joined hands and we created a 24-hour call to prayer, and the doors opened for us to meet at the Phoenix Museum, uh, Phoenix Police Museum. Uh, I wrote a prayer guide. It has gone viral. Uh, We've rewritten it three times. It It was... um, we were given insights and encouragement from the Phoenix chief of police, both Garcia and now Yarner. And then uh, just recently, uh, the chief of police in Gilbert asked us to write one for their wonderful, wonderful. division, for their department. 
And we're looking at writing one very shortly for Chandler's Police Department because they're wanting one now. And Payson has asked. And Payson has asked us. So God is, and this is for the church community within those cities Mm -hmm. to know how to pray for their law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And it gives some clarity and direction of the needs, the understanding of what law enforcement is dealing with. And uh, it, it has just become a, an amazing thing. Just got a newspaper um, article uh, handed to me recently that uh, there, in the last few years, there's been the lowest um, police shootings at Phoenix PD than mm. ever in history. Mm. Uh, the number of um, incidents where police have had to use... Uh, uh, excessive force, and I wouldn't say excessive force, but uh, would use inappropriate in, force. Maybe. Not, no, it was appropriate. Uh-huh. It's appropriate, but they would have to defend themselves with, with, uh, with, uh, with their uh, service weapon or any another way. Has gone down mm. in in Phoenix, mm. and so we're really uh, seeing that as the church comes around the law enforcement community, there, there's some real. Uh, tangible and measurable issues uh, that are are un- unfolding, and and, re- and God is just showing Himself mighty. In fact, we finished the twenty four hour prayer just last time, and uh, that weekend there were two uh, violent incidences where uh, uh, there was attacks upon police, and in both situations, the police were not injured at all. And uh, there was no, I mean, there was a bullet-racked vehicle, and yet uh, the police who were in those vehicles were not hurt. Well, and we've seen similar things, you know, in schools going into schools. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's a huge story. And so um, just the whole, uh, so the whole movement of prayer is moving outside the walls of the church, still inside the walls of the church, but moving outside the walls of the church praying for the things that are not right to change, suicides in schools and drugs and uh, praying protection over law enforcement, praying for legislators. I mean, we were just on the opening day of our legislative session. We had over 100 people that joined with us and the Center for Arizona Policy, and we prayed inside the Senate, inside the House, uh, did a prayer walk around. It was very orderly. It was very... Uh, respectful very respectful Um, but we were invited in and we were able to pray we developed a scriptural guide and listed every one of our legislators and uh, so that people can pray for them by name I was totally nonpartisan, and uh, we just invited the Lord's presence you didn't pray against anybody we did not pray against anybody. <laughs> we prayed kingdom of God come, will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. We prayed for godly wisdom. Yeah. We prayed that the Lord would help our legislators make good decisions this year. And so it is so interesting, this movement of prayer outside the walls, praying for reformation, and praying that, that very scripture that the Lord taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Yes. Well, listeners are... Welcome to any of these uh, as a PDF download from our website, yeah. if I may. Yeah, it's sure. Why don't download. you mention, I, was, I just was about to mention this. Would you tell our, our listeners uh, about your website? 
And you actually have a couple things going on. You've got your your effort to, to raise up 10,000 intercessors. And where are you now? You're about halfway? We're about halfway. That's yeah, incredible. 5,000 people getting intercessor updates. If you Every would, week? Yeah. If you would average. like to, yep. um, to receive these prayer alerts that go out, such as when we did 21 days of prayer for the border, and then Chapo Guzman was... Recaptured at the the end of that time. These kinds of things be a part of that. You can sign up at bridgebuilders.net on the homepage, um, and we'll start sending those to you, and you can help us get to our goal of 10,000. We also have a bookstore with free downloads for the Phoenix PD, schools, uh, praying for pastors, many other free it's downloads, what you guys are doing. and they will give you guidelines and help you get started in praying for areas that God is calling your heart. We're in a presidential election season. Everybody is aware of that. And this book that we've written on praying for good government is an amazing key uh, piece of material to have in your hands to know how to pray mm-hmm. that it is not partisan in any way. It is simply a, a biblical guide to praying for good government. And I really encourage them to download that as a PDF if they'd like. Would you call it praying forward? That's Let's, a great term, Gary. Praying forward. Praying forward instead of praying against or at, you know, yeah. but praying, yeah. you know, praying, praying the positive expectations that God has for us and the people in our worlds. That's, That's right. That's yeah. right. And, you know, we, if we in who are bear the name of Jesus, if we, you know, I mean, there was a day when Christians were the gatekeepers in the cities. The pastors were Mm -hmm. really. They said what comes in and what doesn't come into a city. And we can do that through prayer still today. Well, it's just been really a special time. We're going to close with, uh, with some prayer. Let's do that. So don't go away. Just stay with us for just a couple more minutes and uh, receive the blessing that's on these people to bless you. Stay with us. the end of the service music <laughs> it, just to kind of calm everybody down to calm us down and then also just to open our hearts uh, to the things of God and I've asked uh, Helen Charles I'd like you to speak directly to the audience encourage them I mean we're having a conversation but speak the word of the Lord to them and then pray and we have uh, maybe I'll do this with my pen I'll give you a little signal when when we need to kind of say... Just throw Jesus, something at us. It's I can do that right. too. Yeah, okay. You know, it's we're entering into a new season, and, and this is where God is taking us from where we are into a new level spiritually. And he's beginning to open doors that no man will shut, and he's shutting doors that no man will open. And he's causing us to walk in to new places where we'll discover more of our 
<clears throat> excuse me, our spiritual um, destiny and our spiritual purpose. And he's unraveling the mystery of who we are in Christ so that we can be transformers and reformers and transformational agents in our world for Christ. And uh, this is what I'd like for us to pray for and with you out there right now, that you would enter into this amazing grace of God for this season. Cheryl? Lord, we do just lift every single person who's listening, and we're asking that you would help them find their place this year, their assignment from you, where they can stand, they can pray, they can uh they can invite you in to that territory. Lord, those that are looking for uh, exactly where they fit, help them to find it just this year. Help them to hear your voice and to know how to pray and invite you in to that location this year. Thank you. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you that you have raised up a mighty army, the body of Christ in Arizona. And Father, your name in us is greater than anything that stands before us. For greater are you in our lives than he that is of this world. And we are made overcomers in Christ Jesus. So I encourage every one of those that are listening here to just lift your heart to the Lord and say yes and amen. We are mighty in the hand of God to the pulling down of strongholds in and around our lives, in our communities, and in our workplaces. 